think Joe Flacco is actually a very elite quarterback. I would say absolutely he is an elite quarterback. Derek Jeter, it's his final game with a walk-off single. Derek Jeter, where fantasy becomes reality. Tom Brady has my vote for the greatest to ever lace him up. Tom Brady, greatest of all time, he got my vote. Number one man, greatest quarterback of all time, hands down, Tom Brady. Someone needs to come to me and explain to me what Jordan is better at than LeBron without saying the word six way. I supposed to be the franchise player and we ain't here talking about practice. We talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. Welcome back. Tonight's episode is fueled by Bushlight and Grizzly Winter Green. What up? What up? Welcome back, friends, family, and those that are killing time on the shitter. Uh, it is your East Coast host, Monsieur, here. Thank you for, again, joining us for another week. We took a little break, but we want to thank all of our followers and listeners. Make sure to throw us a follow and a like on Twitsit and the Gram. You know where to find us at End of Reg and End of Regulation. Make sure you spread the word. It's now up to you. Before we kick off, as always, we're going to go ahead and introduce... Some real life cucks. In charge of production here at End of Regulation and does some part time work at Pornhub, Tommy Lasagna. How we doing, kid? Oh, Jesus. Yo, uh, I'm behind the scenes here and uh, <laughs> behind the scenes at Pornhub. <laughs> nice. I'm glad. <laughs> Good. Tom. Resumes just stacked. Next up, the CEO mm-hmm. of Twitter, a member of the Church of Scientology. Shakes, how we doing, kid? I'm doing all right, but uh, I am going to have to kill you for, for outing me as a member of the church. I'm sorry. I guess that's a secret. You guys keep that a secret, right? Yes. And, yeah, yeah. and if you've seen any of the documentaries, we quickly we, – as a matter <laughs> of fact, there's already a team outside your house. I'm glad. Well, hopefully they'll wait till we're done here. Lastly, on the mic, the head of security here at End of Regulation and a lifetime member of Planet Fitness – Barrel Chess Grimes, how we doing, kid? Oh, good to be back, boys. Let's talk some fucking NFL here, baby. Let's yeah. Well, that is first on the agenda. We're going to talk about the 2018 NFL Draft, our mock picks. You've seen a little bit of it on Instagram and Twitter. Um, we're going to give you a real rundown. <clears throat> it's finally fucking here. We're also going to spit a little bit about the NHL playoffs, what's been going on there. NBA is also having an electric uh, series. We'll go ahead and hit some buzzer beaters, talk a lot about KOD and J. Cole, and then we'll give you some overtime banter. So we'll just jump right into it. NFL Draft. Who wants to take us home here? Or kick us off, I should say. Uh, Brent, you want to start us off? Uh, You know what? Yeah, why not? I'm going to go with uh, Sam Darnold as the number yes, one, sir. Number yes, one overall sir. pick quarterback out of the University of Southern California. Um, I like Darnold better than the other guys, obviously. Uh, he's going up against Josh Rosen, um, Baker Mayfield, and Josh Allen. Um, really, to me, he's just uh, the most complete guy. I think he did it on paper uh, for back-to-back-to-back years, really. Um, he's just a big, big prospect, and... Compared to the other guys, you know, I, I, to me, I think the second strongest guy would that I would take a chance on would be May, Baker Mayfield. Talk about someone who's like Let's actually go. gotten it done and kind of has all the numbers and the proof to to show it. I think when you start talking about Rosen and Allen, just a lot shakier careers. Yeah, I think they do sort of have like the build up or the makeup to be a good quarterback, possibly. 
But as as far as like results and getting it done, both on paper and on the scoreboard, I think the conversation becomes somewhere between Sam or uh, Darnold and Baker Mayfield. And at that point, I got to go Sam Darnold. Uh, he just looks every part to me. I think you know, like a number one overall pick, like a like a franchise quarterback. And I'm I'm interested to see. Obviously, Dorsey and the Browns have been doing a lot this offseason. So, uh, with with the draft picks they have, and especially if they get this number one overall pick right, uh, it could it could probably change things for them pretty quickly. Harry, do you have those stats off the top of your head for Baker Mayfield? Yeah, uh, Baker was completed seventy percent of his passes this past year for forty three touchdowns and six interceptions, which is Heisman like numbers. Really, let's just be honest, and that's why he won it in the Obviously. end. And and he just like and, and he led him to the college football playoff, something that none of the other quarterbacks were able to do, even though USC had all the hype in the world going into the last season. Uh, so that's where I feel like Sam Darnold kind of has an asterisk next next to his name is that you know. Team success is a big thing, right? Like your ability to lead the team and be successful and win games. And he he lost some games that were I I watched quite a few USC games this year, uh, being on the West Coast. And there was a bunch of games where I was like, this dude just looks kind of average. And so that's kind of, that's that's where my number one pick fell outside. You know, that's where I decided to go a little bit outside the box and go Josh Rosen now. There's obviously been reports now that that they're between uh, Darnold and uh, is it Mayfield. Darnold and Mayfield? Yeah, yeah. So all right, so let's just use that as as the basis for this. Uh, you know, throw Rosen out the door. Although I think he is probably the most NFL ready, um, it just based on stature and his ability to sling it. But you know, I think you know if you just look at team success and statistics, Baker's probably the, my pick to go one. If if you're gonna go between Darnold and, and Mayfield. Um, that's just me dude i mean the thing about baker the reason why they might not take him is that he's not that far off from johnny manzel he obviously is like try to you know yeah, test that that's what i, I think the biggest like thorn in his side is that he just has that that cock that same cocky attitude that manzel had and like obviously we found out since then that there's a whole lot more baggage with johnny manzel yeah but i i think teams like nowadays are considering like a whole lot more off the field persona of these players rather than you know, just how they are. And not necessarily the whole the NFL, but gonna... Cleveland specifically. Yeah, well, that's the issue, is that Cleveland's under a microscope. Like, whatever they do, like, it, they, they've won one game in the last two seasons. Like, this kid has to, it can only go up from here. But, you know, it's it's time that they finally just pick one right. Like, I'm praying that they do. He's had a pretty, <laughs> he's had a pretty clean record, though, regardless. I mean, yeah, he's got an attitude. Well, no, but he you know, he did he does off. have a resisting arrest. Okay. Yeah, so he ran from the police and like ended up when he was like drunk Who or something. There's it? actually a video about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't get me wrong, I respect it a little bit, but it's not a good look if you're trying to get not in my opinion there are, there are a few reasons why the Browns are going to go with like we I think we all sort of agree it it's become a two-man race sort of um sort of in the news wires as well as just our opinions period between Darnold and Mayfield, but in, from what I, from where I stand, sort of, you know, the overall reasons whether anyone agrees with them or thinks they're just usual overplayed talking points and shit um, that that Darnold will be picked over Mayfield, you know, on top of everything you guys just said, which is sort of like some Johnny Menzel esque like character questions and the resisting arrest and running from the cops and the cockiness and the grabbing at his nutsack and all that on the sidelines. It's just like again, people talk about this shit all the time, but he's only six foot tall, and like I, I don't care. Like, 
I just think these are reasons that he is going to end up being picked. I'm not saying these are the reasons I would pick him number one, but you know, Darnold's like six three and he weighs two hundred and twenty five pounds. Mayfield is six foot flat and you know, he barely probably two ten. And when you look at it, I mean Darnold threw for he he had a few picks last year and maybe as far as efficiency goes, he wasn't quite as efficient his this past year as he was the year before, but he fucking threw the ball like over four hundred times I think and he threw it for over four thousand yards. So you know, there's a lot Pretty much, he was the anchor of the offense. Obviously, Baker Mayfield was the anchor of his as well because he was the Heisman Heisman Trophy winner. But I think when you look at the sort of the schemes, everyone talks about that in college football. The offensive coordinators that they're playing for, um, Darnold was playing for Ty Helton, and you know they were moving the ball up and down the field, sort of pro style offense at USC, as opposed to everyone knows the Big Twelve is notorious for spreading the football field and playing absolutely mm-hmm. no defense. In my opinion, everything about being the better quarterback is sort of pointing towards Darnold. Yeah, man, I, I'm definitely going to agree with you there. And one thing that I think people are overlooking because he's now more experienced, but like his first big, big stage was his freshman year in the Rose Bowl. Led a comeback win over Penn State, who had Saquon Barkley. Uh, they scored, they're down 14 in the fourth quarter. No one's ever done that. Uh, this kid came in and tied the record with five touchdown passes in a game. And led his offense to the single most offensive yards in a single Rose Bowl game with 473 total yards. So I think he's definitely shown um, what he's capable of. And that was a team that had a couple big names like Juju Smith-Schuster and Adore Jackson. Yeah. And I think when you look at a team like Cleveland, like they, they did all the work this offseason and they brought in Jarvis Landry, Josh Gordon's back, they signed Carlos Hyde, they still have Duke Johnson. Like this kid's gonna have all the weapons around him, and that's an offense that to me sounds like they're designed to sling the ball. Yeah, but boys, you're you're forgetting one. You're forgetting one big thing too is that for the first time in a long time, the quarterback that they draft isn't gonna be expected to come in and play right away, which is a f- massive change of, of how they're running their organization. Right, getting Tyrod in there uh, yeah. to play for one or two years. Tyrod's a totally serviceable quarterback, and honestly, I, I, I think I'm not, I think I'm not I love Tyrod. Yeah, not down on him. Dude, everyone gives him shit. I mean, his that shit in, in Buffalo last year was absolute bullshit. Their coach is a fucking retard for thinking Nathan Peterman was a better quarterback. But uh, so that so that's like the you know that's the huge difference that whoever does get drafted, uh, i.e. Baker Mayfield, um, isn't gonna, you know he'll have like a year or two at least to to kind of you know learn the system, learn the NFL style of play, and all that good stuff, and maybe even you know clean up his off field antics as well. Well, I'm interested to see what happens. I mean, the last thing I'll say, you know, I was talking about sort of the different styles of offense, and, and maybe you have Mayfield stats handy. I do not. I know the dude put up prolific numbers, especially efficiency-wise. Like we said, you know, with that spread offense, he completed a fuckload of his percentage-wise of his passes, you know, 70-plus percent. But in two years, you know, a redshirt freshman, redshirt sophomore year, Darnold came into USC. He threw the ball for 7,200 over 7,200 yards in two seasons and 57 touchdowns. You know, we're talking college ball. I think this is a total of 27 games he played. So 57 touchdowns, that's more than two touchdowns a game and 7,200 yards. That's pretty stout. Like I said, when you're talking about a downfield pro-style offense, I just Mm -hmm. like everything about the guy. I've read multiple stories. You know, ESPN had a feature on the dude. You know, he's a multifaceted kid growing up. He had, like, a cool dad who sort of encouraged playing multiple sports and like having fun in life as opposed to all the dads you hear about in sports who are just 
you know, I just I just think there's a, probably a lot going for him, and and maybe I'm just looking too much into all like little shit that doesn't matter. <laughs> I think everyone does that, but I think Darnold is my guy. If I were the GM, Darnold I got a question for you guys. At. I know I brought it up earlier, but um, you know, I heard a, a report. I think CBS was running it. They were just quickly kind of going over Rosen dropping down, you know, under the top ten. Um, they were saying that this year's class you know, in comparison to previous classes, is the most overrated quarterback class. I'd love to get some takes from you guys, whether you think that's true, false, or, you know, just a clickbait-type bullshit-esque thing. I I I strongly disagree. I strongly agree, dude. I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, if you're going to honestly ask me, like, I think quarterbacks are very much so a dime a dozen in every single draft class. And if I'm looking at the future quarterbacks com- that are going to be coming out of the, out of college football, there's plenty more quarterbacks out there for people to go get. Like, I mean, you can look at Jake Fromm or Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence, uh, who who are you know two freshmen who are you know seem to be obviously not in college yet, but you know they seem to have all the athletic ability and, and the ability to play the football. Trevor Lawrence fucking crushed the Clemson spring game, but and that's just to name a few. I, I don't think like honestly. I think it's a little overrated. I think people are freaking out too much that they have to like build around the quarterback, right? Like that, uh, Tom. We talked about having this little... two different. Co- you're having yeah. two different conversations at the same time, though. My, I would, I would completely agree to start off that that like on a on a yearly basis, the quarterback is extremely overvalued in the draft, mainly because I'm not saying the quarterback position is overvalued. It's the most valuable position. Yeah, I agree. But there just aren't ever good quarterbacks, and a fuckload of them get drafted in the first three rounds. So obviously it's overvalued. But I think this year, <clears throat> talking about the top four overall quarterbacks, I think it's probably the strongest quarterback class we've had in, in at least one of the strongest we've had in the last five to seven oh, years. Yeah. Well, dude, pe- people are forgetting that Lamar Jackson won the Heisman last year. Right. There's two Heisman quarterbacks up for getting drafted this year. That's pretty cool. Lamar Jackson yeah. makes it a pretty deep top five. I mean, Harry, t- to your point, it seems like with all the offseason work that Cleveland's done, maybe they have built the team around what helps and they, Yeah, I, I, th- their, I think they have. franchise quarterback. Yeah, I think they have. I think uh, who's the new GM? John Hersey? John Hershey, something like that. He he seems to have this thing, you know, thing un, much more under wraps than their their previous general manager, their previous ownership. Um, you know, I, dude. The only point I'm making is that I think people just are getting they get too wrapped up in the quarterbacks. You know, I, I think there's some good quarterbacks. Don't get me wrong. I, I think you know probably two of them, maybe three, will be successful in the NFL. Don't don't believe for a second that all of them will be successful and all of them will pan out because that's just not that's just not realistic. You know, I just I'm I get like annoyed with Cleveland, who who seem to have the first pick for the last you know twenty years that I've been alive or twenty five years, <laughs> that they always just go after a quarterback, and it's like, all right, well, when are you going to start thinking, hey, let's start bulking up our defense, or hey, let's start bulking up our offensive line, or, or the weapons around you know in the offense and the skill positions, and then just get a quarterback who can manage a game, like get like an Alex Smith, who who's a very much so like not an MVP quarterback, he's a game manager who knows how to you know win football games. And get well, him in the in the system. Like that well, seems so here, much more of a reasonable thing to me than than what they've been doing. Well, so here I'll play devil's advocate. What is what do you say to this whole Baker Mayfield quarterback first round draft pick from Cleveland all just being hype and they go ahead and pick up Saquon Barkley? Uh, I don't think they'll do it. Uh, you know, maybe they'll fool everyone. That'd be kind of cool to see them just. Uh, 
you know, just put out all these reports that they're going to, they're down to these two quarterbacks and all that. Um, I, I think they should, I don't think their defense is that stout. You know, if they like Bradley Chubb, who they might take number four, if they'd Bradley Chubb and Miles Garrett on the, both the ends. Like that's scary as fuck. So like, you know, they, they could do some, certainly something like that. I don't think quarterback is like the, you know, the ultimate need of, of their team. Tom, what do you, what do you think the odds are? Uh, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if, not even if it's Saquon, but a defensive player, um, just because they have the number four pick, and like with with all of the quarterback names out there, they can take Saquon at number one and still pick up one any of these quarterbacks at number four. Yeah, I mean, granted, the Giants and the Jets, if Saquon's gone, will probably take a quarterback. Um, or tr- so or, even or still, trade, obviously, have, but. Or trade, yeah. Then, then all hell will break loose. Right. Honestly, if Saquon gets drafted, all hell is going to break yeah, loose. I agree. So that would actually be exciting. It's gonna, it's gonna be as you say, electric. <laughs> well, uh, I think uh, we can just wrap up this segment by ripping through our four, five, and six picks, as we've already kind of touched upon. Uh, one, two, and three, or I should say, three, four, and five. Excuse me. Um, so. Um, I'll let uh, uh, Tom, you go ahead and kick off for your three, four, and five. Um, all right, so going three with the Jets. Um, they signed Teddy B and Josh McCown. So I'm going to guess that, you know, rather than a quarterback here, I think they're going to take an offensive lineman. I like Quentin Nelson from Notre Dame. It's a, a right guard, I believe. Um, and then four again at Cleveland because Joe Thomas just retired. I think they take the O-tackle. O- from Notre Dame, Mike McGlinchey. These two are like the top two touted linemen in this draft. Um, and then lastly, I think Denver is going to take Josh Allen, uh, albeit with Darnold going first. I think he's probably the next most NFL ready. Um, and he just has that, that persona to him where I think Elway is going to eat it up and just want this guy. Harry. Yeah, uh, number three, you know, I've, I've sort of flip-flopped on a lot of picks uh, since we started talking about this. But number three, I've got Baker Mayfield going to the Jets. Uh, Tom makes a good point about them picking up Teddy Bridgewater and resigning Josh McCown, who both are question marks for sure. Josh McCown's actually, you know, a half-decent quarterback for, you know, his ability to, you know, for just what people expect. But um Number four, I've got Minka Fitzpatrick going to Cleveland. I think Cleveland needs a lot of help on defense. Still tons of holes there. Uh, they got rid of their one D tackle. Obviously, Minka plays, you know, either he'll either play safety or cornerback. It's kind of to be seen. Um, but I think he, he's a special talent, So and, and he just knows how to win. Uh, so I, I like him going to Cleveland at number four. Number five, I've got Quentin Nelson, uh, offensive guard out of Notre Dame, going to Denver. Um, they've got all sorts of problems. Uh, that's why they've got the number five pick. But I, I think I think a lot of teams need to bulk up their offensive line to be to be successful. Um, I would say quarterback, but uh, they I don't know. They've got they've got all sorts of problems. Josh Allen's like the consensus among us, but Josh Allen it threw pretty much for fucking garbage in the Mountain West or yeah Mountain West Conference at Wyoming. So I, I'm not sold on the guy altogether. Fair point. Uh, the guy threw 53%. That's worse than Lamar Jackson, so there you go. Um, and then number six, I've got in, uh, Indianapolis. I've got Roquan Smith, uh, savage linebacker at Georgia. I think Indy's another team um, that just needs a lot of help anywhere they can get it. Um, but I, I think defense is 
defense for me is a huge thing for teams to build up in the draft. So I, I like them taking Roquan. Brent, let's hear it. Um, I'm going to say uh, for number three overall pick, I'm going to say Josh Rosen, Josh Rosen uh, quarterback from UCLA, goes to the Jets. I'm going to take uh, the Browns picking um, – Bradley Chubb with the number four pick. I think they're going to, you know, take another defensive end to match up um, there. Start out, you know, they take their quarterback number one overall, in my opinion, and then they just load up on the defensive side. They already, you know, they took Jabril Peppers last year, uh, the kid from Texas A&M, um, Miles Garrett. Um, then I think they're just going to load up with Chubb, the defensive end from NC State, who had a like incredible junior season. Um, he is huge. He can bend like crazy. He gets around the edge. He's fast. Just pretty much a, a game breaker. I see a lot of him that I saw in like Derek Barnett from Tennessee last year. He went to the Eagles, you know, made a couple game changing plays. Um, so Brown's going to be doing all right. And then uh, with the fifth pick, I see the Broncos taking Josh Allen. So I do think uh, John Elway, you know, himself a big, strong, strong armed quarterback. I think he's probably going to see a lot of himself maybe in Josh Allen. He obviously understands that he has to have a quarterback to win. Um, and at that point, I think that Allen's probably going to be the best bet. I think at least two, if not three of them, are already going to be gone. So he'll sort of be left with Allen. And I think he'll probably be happy with that. So that's what I see for three, four, and five. Nice, nice. Well, you guys have pretty much done the descriptions on these individuals, so I'll just rip through my three, four, and five. At number three, uh, I have the Jets picking Josh Rosen. Number four, Cleveland picking Bradley Chubb. And then number five, Denver picking Josh Allen. So a lot of similarities here. Uh, Discrepancies, obviously, at that one slot. Excited to see what happens. Um, We'll obviously keep you guys in the loop. Um both on Twitter and on Instagram, so make sure to stay in touch and uh, you know figure out what the fuck is going on. Um, next on uh, the agenda are the NHL playoffs. Um, some really electric stuff going on. I'll just kind of give you the round two matchups. Uh, Nashville is going up against Winnipeg. The Vegas Knights will be facing San Jose, and the Capitals will be facing Pittsburgh. Uh, and we are waiting... Uh, to hear whether Tampa will be playing the Bruins or the Maple Leafs they are currently playing, tied 4-4. Tied at 4. So um, we'll, we'll quickly dive into these. We'll keep it brief. Uh, you guys already know what happened, so we'll just kind of give you our two cents. Brent, I'll let you take the uh, mic. Uh, yeah, well, number one, um, some things. I would say the two biggest p- surprises for me uh, came out of the uh, Pacific um, I really thought that the the Sharks matchup, as well as the uh, the Kings versus it was the Sharks versus the Ducks, and then the Kings versus the Knights. I thought both those matchups were going to be a whole whole lot tougher. Both of them ended up being sweeps. Um, the Knights won, and the Sharks won. And um, obviously, I think everyone sort of saw the Predators versus Jets matchup coming. That's one of the most exciting matchups of the entire postseason, along with, thankfully, the Penguins and the Capitals. And then finally, um, like you said, we'll have uh, the winner of the the Bruins matchup with uh, the Maple Leafs there um, and Tampa Bay. So going to be a a hell of a second round. Wasn't incredible hockey, honestly, in the first round. I mean, playoff hockey is always fun, but the series weren't um, the best. 
Um, I think maybe the best ones, obviously, are the current one going on with Boston and then also the Capitals comeback. That was pretty awesome to watch. So I want to I wanna talk about the Caps quick. We talk about Washington being notorious for choking. They obviously came back from a 2-0 deficit um, to you know wrap up the series. Uh, and advance to play the Penguins, who they've played multiple times, and in, in, you know, obviously in the postseason, uh, and never really, you know, have been able to make it past that. They've they failed. They've come short. Um, Want to know if you guys think this is their year, or if the Penguins are just too good? Uh, the Capitals, man, they tried everything. They tried everything in their power to lose this series, uh, going down 0-2 at home uh, in the first two games. But you know, they they seem to found their stride a little bit. Ovi. Has, has kind of turned back to his goal-scoring ways. I think he had two goals in the last game to, to take the series 4-2. I think I think this is their year. Uh, I don't think it's going to be easy by any means, but here uh, it's kind of like one of those, here we go again, here comes the Capitals versus Pens in the second round of the NHL playoffs. I had to, I, it's, you have to imagine that... You have to imagine at some point they're going to get it done, right? It's just... I, I just don't know any other way to put it. Um, they, they have this... You say that about Cleveland. Yeah, right. Yeah. They have the skill. <laughs> they have the skill. And uh, well, I don't know about their defense. Their defense is definitely their, their weak point. But their offense, their power play is best uh, in the playoffs at 33%, uh, which leads, which the league average right now in the playoffs is 19%. So they're, they're scoring a goal on one in three power plays. Um, you know, it's. My concern, my concern lies with your point about their defense being weak and broken. Like, not necessarily broken, but weak. Like, you're you're going up against a team who scored. I think there was two games where they put yeah, up. Yeah, the, the the Pens are averaging against the, the Pens are averaging four point six games uh, goals a game. So, you know, with somebody who's got a weak defense, uh, somebody who is notorious for choking against the Penguins. In the second round of the playoffs, uh, I just feel like, you know, these goals that you've seen the Caps put in, they've a goal's a goal, so I'm not going to take that away from them. But they've they've been they've yeah. been scrap goals, like they they've barely made it in. Some of them have even been up for debate, um, you know, and gone up against the, the refs and the screen. So I just don't think that they have them in it. They have it in them to to pull off a W in the series. But I do think it'll be. You know, it'll be good. I, I think I was going to say, I think this will be one of the better. They're all going to be good series. Don't get me wrong. Like, like Brent said, the Stanley Cup playoffs is fucking just great television. But this is going to be the one to watch uh, for, for like the average NHL fan. You know, th- this one's going to be it's going to be aggressive. It's going to be physical. Lots of goals. So, you know, we'll see. I, I, Brent, who comes I think, out on top dude, for you? It's it's going to be, no matter what, it's going to be a fucking an awesome second round. I mean, we're talking, like I said, um, we have the Predators versus the Jets, the top two finishing teams in the Western Conference facing each other, you know, out of the same division, the Central Division. Um, then on the other the other Western Conference matchup, you got uh, the Knights facing the Sharks. The young guns. Uh, probably gonna, that's 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 really my fourth favorite series out of the out of the four coming up. Um, I like I said, I love that Predators Jets matchup. It's going to be awesome. Whoever wins this Leafs Bruins matchup uh, versus the the Lightning is going to be an awesome round. And then obviously you've got uh, the Penguins and the Capitals. I mean that's that that Who do you is have really coming good out for hockey. Caps Penguins. Penguins. Yeah, I mean it's a smart pick. Ve- yeah. What about Vegas? Well, one thing. One thing that I did see is that Evgeny uh, Malkin is one. hurt. 
um, who's a central part of their offense, and Carl Hagelin, who's like yeah, their yeah. their penalty killing guy. Go, so going up against a team that's as successful as you were saying on the penalty, um, you know, I give the Caps a chance, fighting chance. Yeah, no. Frankly, I'm pulling for. I hope him. it goes to seven games. Brent, uh, I have one question for you. Brent, I've got one question for you, unrelated okay. to the Caps Penguins. Uh, out of the Bruins and Leafs game, which is currently going on, who is going to be a better matchup going against the Lightning? Um, I definitely think that the Bruins would give the Lightning yeah. a much tougher uh, time. I, I have to agree with you. Um, I think they're a lot more physical hockey team. They're probably, you know, they, they have a good enough offense to compete, obviously. I wouldn't say they, they probably stand up to Toronto's offense, but I think they're they're a much more yeah. well-rounded team than Toronto. And, and if they pull off this series, um, then it'll probably be a pretty good series yep. versus Tampa no, Bay. I agree. Who, who do you have? Who do you have coming out of the Vegas San Jose matchup? I probably like Vegas to come out of that. I, I um, if we go back and listen to the last episode, you know, I thought Vegas was going to have a tough, tough matchup there with the Kings. Um, as a matter of fact, I thought Jonathan Quick and the Kings might even pull it out in six or seven games. Uh, Vegas surprised me. They played awesome, and at this point, you know, if they're playing that fucking good, um, I, the Sharks, you know, Sharks got it done pretty easily too. But um, I probably like the I like the Knights. Harry, what about you? Um, this it, it's a toss up for me. I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm still riding the Knights. I'm gonna go with them. Um, I, I don't think it'll be another sweep in that in that situation. But Sharks, man, uh, I was surprised to see them sweep the Ducks. So they're playing just as well as the Knights in my in my opinion. Tommy, I think the Bruins just went up. By the way, kid. Yeah, they're up five four. I'm I'm like torn between finishing this podcast and watching this finish. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I bet you, you are. know, I'm, you know, I'm gonna stay right here. Well, um, last matchup, obviously, uh, we know what Brent's gonna say. We'll let him have his takes at the end. But uh, Harry, who do you have coming out of the Nashville Winnipeg Nashville series? In five. In five, Tom, you have any thoughts on that series? Uh, Winnipeg, because <laughs> fuck Brent. Brent. Uh, I actually like Nashville in six games. Um, you know, Nashville has home ice advantage. That's the, that's the benefit of winning the uh, President's Trophy um, with the best, the most points in the regular season. Um, that's that's the factor for me is uh, having four four out of the seven games at home. But I, I do think you know the Jets. The Jets were one of the best, if not the best, team in the league on home ice this year. So you know, when we go back for games three and four, it's going to be tough. But I think Nashville wins this this series in six and and heads back to the Stanley Cup final. Do you see any of these series? Obviously, Western Conference final first. Do you see any of these series in round two going seven games? Yeah, um, I definitely think that um, I definitely think that if the um, Bruins win, that the Bruins and Lightning are going to go seven games. I also wouldn't be surprised to see the uh, the Caps Penguins going seven games. I don't think. You know, I, I think that that matchup is a little bit more even than it has been for the the two seasons past. Well, I'm excited. Round two. Uh, hopefully, it'll be a little bit more electric, a little bit back and forth in the sense of uh, you know goal scoring. We've seen a lot of uneven sweeps here, so um, excited for that. We'll we'll just go ahead and kick right off into the NBA. Tom, we're going to need your attention for this one. Uh, I know the Bruins are up, but uh, we'll go ahead. And first, just quickly pay tribute to Pop and his family. Sorry for your loss, homie. Uh, You know, you are probably the only reason that uh, basketball entertains me. So, thank you. Um, 
Let's give him a let's give him a quick moment of silence. Thanks, Pop. Thank you, Pop. All right, continue. Tom, kick us off. Um, so really quick, I just want to give a shout out to Anthony Davis and the fucking Pelicans for just taking care of business against Portland. Like four games of just straight and utter dominance, uh, especially with the the hype that ha- that Portland came in with between C.J. McCollum and Damian Lillard. And they were just non-factors. Including my like, hype, a- dude. In fact, I think I completely cursed Damian Lillard and the <laughs> Portland Trailblazers. You're like you're like Lil B, the base god. Yeah, playing these curses on the teams. Portland Trailblazers. Complete accident. Yeah, so I mean, it's funny because everyone was talking about Anthony Davis being the big, the big trade bait, and now it's like, well, shit, did we blow up the Trailblazers now? Because they just got embarrassed. They are in no shape to compete. Um, but I, I mean, good for them. Unfortunately, um. We'll we'll have to see who they get into, but another kind of like no surprise here that I just want to pass on was Golden State. Like, yeah, it was it was cool to see San Antonio take one game in the series for Popovich and his family, but like everybody knew without Kawhi, like the Spurs just didn't have it, especially against the Warriors. Um, and it was it was you know as everyone sort of expected with Golden State dominating. So the Pelicans will play the Warriors. Um, and you know, it's, I'm, I'm not really sure what to think of this Pelicans team right now. Um, and if Steph's not healthy, like I wouldn't be surprised if the Pelicans can pull something off because with Rondo manning that dude, offense, playoff, like a veteran Rondo is not fucking around whatsoever, dude, he's on a mission. Like I see, I, I remember this in like, you know, 08 when he was with the Celtics. Um, but he, it, it's all of a sudden he's just turned it on. And he makes Drew Holiday, Drew fucking Holiday, a better player. Um, and Anthony Davis, it looks like nobody can stop him. Um, I'm imagining they're probably going to put Draymond on him, but he's like five inches taller than Draymond and like 40 pounds heavier than Kevin Durant. So I think he's going to cause some big problems in this upcoming series. Um, being said, if Steph Curry's back, then I like the Warriors. But at this point, I'm not ruling out the Pelicans from a possible upset. Um, right on, Tom. Philadelphia? Well, I'll tell you one of the series that I like the most. Uh, Philly is always fun to watch. Um, how about fucking Dude, Meek hate, Mill I getting released from prison, you know, two hours before game five and walking into the stadium and they blow the doors Yo, off. Sh- while you're mentioning that, shout out to Jordan, by the way. Humphreys for... Uh, his comment on our Instagram saying, what the fuck is ESPN blowing up my news feed uh, about Meek Mill's release and, like, his appearance <laughs> of the game? Like, why the fuck do I care? Yeah, I commented on ESPN's, like, or SportsCenter's video of him getting in the helicopter on the way to the game, and I go, this isn't sports news. Please stay in your lane. <laughs> I mean, God, dude, like... That's for World Yeah, Star. exactly. Leave Thank that you. shit to World Star. They got it. Don't worry about it. So... Philly blows the fucking doors off the heat. And 
I yeah, think they whooped that ass. The, the one game that the Heat won, I think, was a game two or three. The Heat won. Um, Dwayne Wade looked like he was 26 years old again, but uh, he quickly came back down to earth and realized he was 56 years old. <laughs> yeah, he, he emptied the tank in game two. <laughs> Dude, it's like, you know, one one good Dwayne Wade game, and you need like a month to recover until his next good game, and they just didn't have that long. So, um the Heat's luck ran out. Uh, they lost the series 4-1. Trust the process. Joel Embiid, uh, he had a pretty rough game, I believe, in game four. Um, and But, you know, at the end of the day, Philly, they, they're just sort of a machine right now. They got J.J. Reddick going off. He's sort of the veteran leadership there. There, uh, the, he's, like their, he's like the team dad. Yeah, he is the team dad. And then, obviously, they yeah, got Passes they got out oranges at halftime and shit. Plenty more. So they're going to be just fine. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying the Eastern Conference there. Um, and then obviously the Cavs Pacers has been has been a pretty interesting matchup with LeBron doing some damage, but also uh, featuring the Lance Stevenson LeBron James rivalry. So I well real real quick Lance. you got to pay respect to LeBron and his fucking fadeaway three pointer. If you didn't see it, it's Wednesday night just happened. Uh, Cavs win ninety eight ninety five with LeBron fadeaway. Check it out on our social media pages. It'll be up there. Uh, but real quickly, I want to just give a quick shout out to the Raptors for taking care of the Wizards tonight in Game Five. Um, the Raptors are up three two, and I I hate that Washington is so good at home because I just want the Raptors to finish this. Like Washington is horrible on the road, but they haven't lost at home in the playoffs since 2015. John Wall is also a dude. Like, I, I told you, man. The Wizards were gonna give. I told you the Wizards were gonna give the Raptors more problems than they probably deserved. But when they're when they're in Toronto, it's like they forgot how to I, play. That's fine. I mean, dude, it's not like I expected the Wizards to win by any means. But you know, just I I always love game like you know series going to Game Seven because it's just more exciting. I I got a lot of love for John Wall too. Like this guy has made it very clear that he wants to like start his career and end his career. They need Washington. to get a big man. And like he wants to bring, I know they. I know, I know. And obviously he's not going to do it on his own. But I love that he's sticking it out and he's playing with fucking absolute heart. And he he continues to be like an entertaining player to watch. I don't even watch all that much basketball to be honest with you. I'm going to spit some truth right now. But like when I do watch these guys, I do love watching Wall. Do you, do you do the John Wall dance? I do. Do you know the John Wall dance? Every time he scores a uh, touchdown. <laughs> I do. Uh, Good. I do Good. a dance. So, <laughs> so many touchdowns. That's some sports knowledge. For uh, um, um, I guess real quick, Grimes, yo, you want to hit on our boy Donovan forget Mitchell? Rookie, forget yo. rookie of the year. Give this dude the motherfucking MVP. God damn, dude! He, Donovan Mitchell is blossomed very quickly into a, a fucking superstar in the NBA. He's fun to watch. He plays on like a small market team, but he's got that entire like he's got you know everybody buzzing about him. Uh, I think it's awesome to see, man. He's you know they're gonna try to close it out tonight. Uh, he's been fucking working the Oklahoma City Thunder, um, and and he's dude, dude he's which is and it's a bitch. skilled team. Like he's going up against Russell Westbrook, Kamal Anthony, and and Paul George, who are all like superstars. Or, they're all lip, they're Olympians, Olympians, and Donovan Mitchell's they're just Olympians. like, nah, bro, I got, I got this, you know. So, 
He's fucking uh, love too. Love I mentioned it. it to you guys yesterday, but that video of him where the entire audience was giving him a standing ovation, he was trying to give like a sideline interview, and he couldn't yeah. even get. Yeah, that's what out. it's all. That's why. That's why I love. That was like, pretty that's incredible. The, where I love sports is, is shit like that. It, and this dude, yeah, I don't know. Hopefully they close it out tonight. Fuck it. You know, I, I thought Oklahoma City would put up more of a fight. They're, yeah, I, I thought Oklahoma City right would put up more of a fight, but fuck it. Let's let's go, Donovan Mitchell. That I mean, that's sort of just been OKC all season, though. They've sort of been, they've underperformed the, in every aspect yeah. of what we all predicted of this super team that they have, and like we thought they'd turn it on in the playoffs, and I don't really know why we did. Like they haven't. They've been embarrassed. Frankly, I'd be embarrassed if I played for OKC. Did you guys catch that uh, video of Mitt Romney yeah. uh, fucking yeah. reminding Westbrook that he had he had caught four? Honestly, I was gonna. I'll, I'll bring it up later, but it was gonna be in my my grind my gear segment. But I picked something else. The guy's just like, dude, stay in your fucking lane, like you said, Harry. Yeah, fu- maybe. <laughs> I don't even know what to say, but yeah, it's taunting Russell yeah. Westbrook. It's like whatever, man. Dude, I'm I'm so confused about him. Like Mitt Romney's born in Detroit. He's a set like a, a, a politician in uh, Massachusetts. He's, he's a Mormon. But he's also a Utah Jazz fan. Like somebody connect. He's Somebody a Mormon, and Mormons. Here. Is he a Mormon? All, there's a huge yeah. contingency in, uh, in, 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 in Utah. It's, it's in, Utah State religion. Yeah, let's not start going down the fucking history of the Mormon church. I'm not about to. If anyone was going to give the history, it would I know, because you're Mormon. No, you it's fine. Idiots, so. No, you're a big Mormon. Yeah, yeah Mormon. totally. All right, well, that, I'll, I'll wrap this up so we don't go to tangent uh, with the Houston. Too late, idiots. <laughs> Houston, Minnesota series. Uh, Rockets up by uh, they're up three one. Um, they've got you know a chance to close it out at home tonight, um, but you know I, I, it just appears that Minnesota just does not have the answer for the beard. So we'll see if they're able to do it. Um, but if you guys have any last thoughts, I think this is a good way to wrap up the NBA playoffs. Nah, fuck uh, LeBron James. That's my last thought. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm with Houston. I want to see them pull it off. I want to see them win it all. So uh, I'm riding Donovan Mitchell to the promise line. Let's go, baby. Him and Ricky Rubio. <laughs> nice. Um, all right, well, we'll just kick right off into buzzer beater. Um, usually, typically, we do a couple, but we'll just stick with one. We'll keep it brief for you guys. We want to touch base on KOD, J. Cole's album that dropped last Friday. To me... It's an absolute work of art. I fucking love it. I know there was some skeptics that said it was a little bit dark, that it wasn't his style, but J. Cole just doesn't give a fuck. And this is exactly what he portrayed in this album, saying that he doesn't need people you know, uh, coming in on his tracks. He doesn't need to portray this stupid image that everybody's doing that's all like trap and pop music. So I'm a huge fucking fan. I love everything about it. 1985 is one of the yes. best tracks I've heard in the last like yes. two, three years. Um, so if you haven't heard it, go listen to it. If you're not a hip-hop fan, J. Cole is definitely the guy you want to be listening to uh, to ease into it. The guy just is real. Drops bars. Dude, I thought it was a, Baz. Uh, yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was a good album. It's, it's not exactly an album that you would like download to your spotify you know like main playlist or your um library and and listen to it over and over like i'm sure you can and i'm sure that there's a lot of people who do uh because they're not like bangers and not it's not like drake shit where it's it's like party music by any means but 
but it, no, not exactly, and that's exactly what you know he's going for. So he hit the mark, and you know entirely. It's a short uh, album, but he, he got a lot of good points across. My favorite line you brought up, 1985, which I didn't even know this at first. A buddy at work mentioned this to me. He's like, "Dude, you got to listen to this because it didn't uh, come out last week." But I had a little bit of a of a grind my gears about all these like little pump and little pinch and little bitch and you know little Tay and all, all these motherfuckers. 1985 for who you know for anybody who knows what's going on in hip hop right now is literally like a diss track to all these new rappers who are mumble rappers. They suck. All they do is there are social media rappers. They're always you know world star you know puts them out way too much. Six uh, nine and, and all these motherfuckers. And the last line of 1985, he goes, "Just remember when I told you when your shit flop in five years you gonna be on loving hip hop." N word and. <laughs> and Let's and I, go. yeah, go ahead. Well, dude, to counter that or to agree with you, I should say because I do fully agree with you. But to flip on that, the first like four bars is he says wasn't supposed to make it past twenty five. Jokes on you, motherfucker. We alive, yeah. and that's a Kanye reference from Kanye's college dropout album off of uh, We Don't Care. And that whole song is about making it out the hood and like you know getting away from drug mm-hmm. dealing and that whole lifestyle. And it's funny that he starts the song off with this before shitting on everything else, because it, it sort of it's it sort of reiterates the whole point that he's trying to make. Like he starts the song being like, "This is what it was," and then everything else after that is like, "This is what it is now." Like you guys don't fucking see it. And he says shit like, "Who am I to judge?" Like you know, I've been through there, I've done it too, I did what was hot. But I like to your point, like it's it just makes it come so full circle there at the end when he's like, "I'm telling you this shit now." Like listen, like. I think it just really ties that whole song together, and like the whole track sort of is a, like symbolizes the whole album of like one what, of those messages that he's trying to get across. Dude, he's educating I, motherfuckers. Yeah. He talks about you know you have all these diamonds and these foreign whips, but in five years when your shit isn't legit anymore, you're gonna be fucking out on the streets. Like nobody's gonna be listening to little pump shit in in three years. Like he is what's hot now because the music industry, the hip hop industry specifically, is fucked. But, like, he just illuminates this and makes it clear that, like, these guys have made their fortune off of being fucking clowns, tatting themselves up from their yeah. ears to their heels, like... Dude, and, and what, I, what I actually did love about it, and I haven't heard, like, a good diss track in a while, it wasn't like, a, like, you're a little bitch, like, I'll fuck your crew up. It was like, let me tell you, like, let me spit some truth about <laughs> where your career's going. And he literally just goes like, yeah. I, lo- I, I love this line where he goes that. like, congrats because you made it at your mama's house. I hope you make enough mom- uh, money to buy your mama house. And it's just all about that like, dude, like yeah. you're you're just a fake rapper who's trying to take advantage of like the, the social media wave that can make you so much more famous than you really are. Um, so I I love that it wasn't, it was more of an education, Garter, you said that before, but it was more of like educating them that this isn't going to last forever because you're not an actual artist. This is going to last temporarily because... For the time being, you're a trend. You're a trend. Like you're, so, you're like so face. many things today. Like everything's yeah. viral, right? Everything comes and goes, comes and goes, comes and goes. Fidget spinners. And, and yeah, and you're and these rappers who spinner. who've become famous off SoundCloud and social media, uh, they're they're gonna kind of fade away, just just like uh, all that shit. One one other thing I did like about the album is that it has like it has like three different ideals behind it. And it's it's sort of a build off of like the play of his last album, Born Center, where Born Center was sort of the back and forth between like coming up in the game, 
versus like, you know, you have to make all these decisions of what's right for my career versus personal relationships and friends and like the, the shit you got to do to make yourself famous. And then this album sort of elevated that and it had three underlying themes where he sort of is putting himself in all these different positions. Um, and then again, just to go back to the, like the 1985 outro track, it sort of just ties it all together. Uh, but I thought like how, just how he constructed the album um, was just like, it, it's, it's incredible to see like what this guy's doing with music. Like he's totally not riding the whole Instagram social media wave. Like the dude's nah, hardly on social shit. media. He's done everything organically. That's, that's the best savage. part. Like, People, I know that people like give J. Cole fans shit. They're like, oh, like, blah, 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 double platinum, no features, blah, blah, blah. Dude, that, they, they that makes him better, like, in my opinion. And, and that doesn't make yeah. him like anything less than just kind of like a, a true artist rather than whatever other bullshit. Yeah. yeah, exactly. People genuinely love his music, and that's why they listen to it. They don't listen to it because it's the, the trending topic. They listen to it because it's, yeah. it's art. It's artwork. Yeah. It's what he's doing. Well, amazing album. You guys should check it out. Really amazing time for music as well. Some really good stuff coming out in the upcoming months. I know Kanye mm-hmm. is dropping an album. Nas is. ASAP Rocky. Nas is. Kanye is producing an album oh. for Nas, ASAP Rocky. Yeah, that's going to uh, be sick. So there's um there's a lot of good shit in the pipeline. So we'll just go ahead and wrap things up with our overtime segment. Um, I've got a grind my gear segment that I want to throw at you guys. It's something I think I brought up in the past, but I want to bring up again. Um, and that is beer snobs. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm just going to reiterate this. It makes me sick as as a as a company and a regulation that's sponsored by Bud Light and Bush Light. People that get no, we're not, Bud. people people that get into my face uh, about the beer choice uh, that I make at the bar makes me sick makes me sick like why don't you try this sour why don't you try this ipa hey do me fuck a favor you. fuck off yeah <laughs> yeah so that's my uh that's my segment drink bush drink bud it's good for ya well we'll do uh we'll do some some final call outs yep. shout outs harrison you yeah first thing i had to bite my tongue like all nfl segment for this um I think a lot of people know this by now, but all of the mock drafts and the player rankings and all that shit don't like don't pay attention to it. None of these fucking guys, all they know, all, all like all they know Get is that what the team needs. They don't know shit about what's actually going on internally and what teams are doing inside the scenes as much as they like to think they do. So to Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay, who's actually a decent guy, I think, but and and guys like that and Matt Miller, whoever. Uh, you know, you're you're not as good as you think you are, like, right? Like, I, I don't think he's either. I think he's actually a robot. He's made in fucking. That's why you should. That's why you should fall under. We, it's, it's like it's like it's like yeah. I, I'm yeah, no different. We're us. no different. Like I'm, I'm just gonna make an assumption based on what I think might go down. But that's just as good of a guess as Mel Kiper. So fuck you, Mel. <laughs> Dude, have you ever seen his head? He's got a huge head. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> melon that's melon. all i got boys though well my uh my last bit here is a quote that i pulled off of my grandfather's instagram guy is just a real a real coxman uh and he uh he has a caption that says dating is just legal prostitution amen so amen. i'll leave you with that 
<laughs> Why don't you go ahead and wrap it up here, kid? Uh, so just really quick, Bruins officially wow, seven four. Moving on. So fuck yeah, killer bees. Time for the Celtics to clean it up tomorrow night in Milwaukee. Uh, but lastly, I just want to give a shout out to some old school rap. Uh, I know this is usually Shake's job, but I'll just take it from here with uh, Mob Deep. Twenty three years ago today, they released their album, The Infamous. No doubt, so kick you off with a little jam. Thanks for joining us, homies. We'll see you next week, boys. Always a pleasure. Peace. That old Peace. real shit. There's a war going on outside, no man is safe from You could run, but you can't hide forever From these streets that we done took You walking with your head down, scared to look You shook, cause ain't no such things as halfway crooks They never around when the beef cooks in my part of town It's similar to Vietnam Now we all grown up and old and be on the cops control They better have the riot gear ready Trying to back me and get rock steady By the Mac 1 double, I touch you And leave you with not much to go home with My skin is thick, cause I'll be up in the mix of action If I'm not at home, puffin' live, relaxin' New York got a nigga depressed So I wear a slug proof underneath my guest God bless my soul, before I put my foot down And begin to stroll into the drama I built And all unfinished beef, you will soon be killed Put us together, it's like mixing vodka and milk I'm going out blasting, taking my enemies with me and if not, they scar, so they will never forget me Lord, forgive me, the Hennessy got me not knowing how to act I'm falling and I can't turn back Or maybe it's the words from my man Killer Black That I can't say, so what's left the untold fact Until my death, my goals to stay alive Survival of the fit, only the strong survive Yo, yo we live in this till the day that we die Survival of the fit, only the strong survive We live in this till the day that we die Survival of the fit, only the strong survive We live in this till the day that we die Survival of the fit, only the strong survive We live in this till the day that we die I'm trapped in between two worlds trying to get dope You know when the dough get low, the juice go But never that, as long as fiends smoke crack I'll be on the block hustling, count my stacks No doubt, watching my back and proceed with caution Five-fold working, no time to get lost in The system niggas using fake names to get out quick my brother did it, ain't got back with two ounces I live with one with squads, hit the block hard That's my man twin when he got back to fuck me up, guard But shit happens for a reason You find out who's your true people when you're upstate bleeding You can't find a shorty, the truth you've been with you Hit with a two to four, is difficult While on the streets, I try to maintain Tight with my Lucas hoes, like to run game Some niggas like to trick, but I ain't with that tricking shit I'm like a Jew, saving those who I could be with Pushing a Lex, now I'm set, ready to no matter how much loot I get, I'm staying in the projects forever. Jake's on the blocks, we out clever. If beef, we never separate, go together. When worse come to worse, my peoples come first. Try to react and get the motherfucker feeling served. My crew's all about blue. Fuck looking cute, I'm strictly chip boots. An army served by suits, puffin' nails, laid back, enjoy the smell. In the bridge, getting down, it ain't hard to tell. You better realize this till the day that we die. Survivors of the pit, only the strong survive. We live in this till the day that we die. Survivors of the pit, only the strong survive. We live in this till the day that we die. Survivors of the pit, only the strong survive. We live in this till the day that we die. Survivors of the pit, only the strong survive. Open your eyes and get wise. Look alive. 95 on up. Hypnotic thug life, you dead ass paralyzed. You know what I'm saying?
God, deep, 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 deep